It's finally upon us, boys and girls. UFC 259, the card that's more stacked than your mum, is just around the corner. The prelims on their own could be a really strong fight night card, and every name and face in the main card has either a belt or a number to go along with it. As much as I want to talk about every single fight on this card, I did some quick maths, and if I did, this video would feel longer than Derek Lewis versus Francis Ngannou. <laughs> so instead, I'm just going to pick out some bangers from the undercard, and then of course, we're going to have to talk about those three title fights that finish off our night. I'm Max from MMA On Point, and this is The Breakdown for UFC 259. A quick note before we start, there are two fights on the undercard that really tickle my pickle. Kiwi Carlos Olberg's debut against Kennedy Nzachukwu, and Euros Medic taking on Alon Cruz. But the wonderful Tommy Toehold has already had a look at these two fights in our Under the Radar Fights for March video. So I won't be talking about them here, but I urge you to go and watch that video when you're done here. I edited that one as well, so if you watch it, maybe I can afford some of Dustin Poirier's hot sauce. The first fight we're going to look at today is Joseph Benavidez versus Askar Askarov. Flyweight is a division that's gone from death's door to becoming vibrant and tasty again, and that's mostly due to two people, Henry Cejudo and current champion and Kratos cosplayer, Devison Figueredo. Sadly for Joseph Benavidez, he hasn't exactly been riding the wave of success for the division. He was matched up twice against Devison for the belt, once Henry Cejudo buggered off to bantamweight, and Joey B was on the wrong end of two savage beatdowns in those fights. The word retirement was on everyone's lips after watching Benavidez take those two devastating losses to the champ, but Joey B decided, I ain't done yet. In his comeback, the UFC haven't exactly done him any favors by matching him up with the man so nice they named him twice, Askar Askarov. Askarov was widely considered to be one of the best flyweights on the planet before he joined the UFC. He's 80% deaf and 100% a scary Russian boy. And he's added to his undefeated record with victories over former title challengers Alexandre Pantoja and Tim Elliott. The story here is simple. With a victory, Askarov is probably next in line for the gold after Brandon Moreno's rematch. And with a loss, Joseph Benavidez could be staring down the barrel of the end of his legendary career. The stakes are incredibly high for both men, so you know they're going to bring everything they have. And they have similar styles, both of them being technical wrestlers who aren't afraid to bang it out on the feet on occasion. Should be an interesting one to watch. Next up, let's have a look at Dominic Cruz versus Casey Kenny. Dominic Cruz is on the prelims. That's how stacked this card is. The former two-time champion is currently riding a two-fight losing streak, the first losing streak of his career. And he's looking to get his first win in the cage in nearly five years. He is a betting underdog to his opponent, Casey Kenny, who's looking to break into the rankings with a win over the legend. You gotta say, it's kind of the same deal as the Benavides Askarov fight with a win I can see Dominic Cruz sliding way back up the rankings into title contention just because of his name value. But if he loses, he's 0-3 in the last five years, he has a cushy job with the UFC and ESPN, he might want to call it a day on his career. That's two fights in a row here featuring young up-and-comers against older, maybe fading, legends. Cruz being the betting underdog is a little bit wild to me, but we'll have to see what happens. Next up, we have Thiago Santos versus Alexander Rakic. Rakic? Overhand right from Rakic. Rakic. We were all itching to see Thiago Santos make his comeback after both his knees did a tactical retreat during his epic match with John Jones. He eventually got his knees glued back together and came back to fight Glover Teixeira. Pretty much everyone thought Mejeta would breeze past the 40-year-old Brazilian, but 
A round three Runeki choke made us all look a little bit silly. Now Santos is trying to get his momentum back against Rakic. Alexander Rakic is 5-1 in the UFC with that one loss against Volkan Ozdemir widely considered to be a judging whoopsident, with many people thinking he should have kept his undefeated status inside the UFC. Opening up the card at number two and number four, you have to assume that the winner of this fight is being positioned for a future title shot. I imagine the winner of this fight is going to be calling out whoever's holding the 205 pound gold at the end of the night. It should be a fun stand-up kickboxing battle with Rakic's head kicks always a danger and Maheda not too shy to throw some spinning shit as well. Next up we have Islam Makachev versus Drew Dober. Islam Makachev has had a rough time trying to find a fight in the COVID era. After having multiple fights cancelled against Rafael dos Andros and Alexander Hernandez, Makachev hasn't stepped inside the cage in nearly two years. However, we all know that Makachev's powerful wrestling, dangerous submission game and striking blitzes are more than enough reason to ring the scary Russian boy bell again. His opponent is the one chin to rule them all, Drew Dober. Seriously, look at his jaw. Dober is on an absolute tear lately with three knockouts in a row including an absolute dismantling of Alexander Hernandez on the feet. It's odd to say seeing as both these men are hovering around the 30 year old mark but this feels like a fight for the future of the lightweight division. Both men are hovering on the lower end of the top 15 of the division and the loser is going to slide back down the ladder. Makachev is the overwhelming betting favourite and is seen as heir apparent to Khabib's fluffy crown. Next up let's have a look at Petr Jan and Aljamain Sterling. Title fight number one on this card is for the bantamweight crown and features our third scary Russian boy of the day. Before we start, you should definitely go and check out Pizzi Carroll's amazing breakdown of Petian's fight camp. He got exclusive interviews with Petian's coaches and managers. It is a seriously fantastic piece of work and it was edited by another gorgeous, handsome man. It was me again. This is the real fight we've been waiting for to decide the true bantamweight king since Cejudo's retirement. The Jan versus Aldo fight wasn't really seen as a legitimate title fight seeing as Aldo was riding a two-fight losing streak going into it. Aljo is the man we've all been waiting for to challenge Jan for the real gold. He made Corey Sanhagen, who is one of the most dangerous bantamweights on the planet right now, look like an amateur, tapping him out early in the first round. His record's been completely spotless for more than three years and he's definitely a legitimate contender for the crown. His grappling is obviously his strongest suit with an incredible wrestling pedigree and a black belt in jiu-jitsu from Matt Serra. But standing in his way, is a demolition machine. Jan's victories over legends like Uriah Faber and Jose Aldo showed his striking power and savagery. His grappling is really underrated. He's been showing some gorgeous judo and wrestling that he's added to his game over the past few years. But his main goal is definitely going to be to keep it standing. He's going to have a pretty substantial reach disadvantage and it's going to be interesting seeing how that plays out with Aljamain Sterling's kicking game. But whatever happens, this is without a doubt the best bantamweight fight in the world right now. And I can't wait. Next up, of course, we have Amanda Nunes versus Megan Anderson. The goat is back and now she's a mama, so she's probably going to be even more terrifying. Randy Mandy is back to show why she is the best in the world. And stepping into the cage to face her is a woman we've been expecting to get a title shot for a while now, Megan Anderson. The Aussie was brought into the UFC from Invicta and it seemed like she was specifically lined up for that featherweight title fight against Cyborg. It didn't really go to plan though because those losses against Holly Holm and Felicia Spencer kept her out of the title picture for a while. Since then though, Megan has shown two dominant finishes to get her shot at the queen. Amanda is sitting at about minus 1205, which means if you bet on Megan and she wins, you can afford your own little slice of the moon. The odds are outrageous, with good reason of course, but it does remind me of the last time we saw a female champion come into a defense 
the overwhelming favorite. Megan Anderson is six foot tall to Amanda Nunes is five foot eight. She's definitely the biggest girl the champ's ever been in there with. I'm keen to see if Megan can use her reach and height advantage at all and use it to set up those kicks and keep Amanda at range. But the dominant theory is it's just going to be a showcase for the champion. What do you think? And last of all, Jan Blachowicz versus Israel Adesanya. It's a big one, folks. Champ versus champ. Let's run it down. Adesanya is undefeated. His striking is phenomenal. In facing down larger, more powerful opponents inside the UFC, he has been perfect. Yoel Romero didn't trouble him. He didn't do much of anything. And Paolo Costa didn't seem to stand a chance in there, although he does claim he was dizzy because it was wine o'clock. In his kickboxing career, Izzy went up to heavyweight to take part in a tournament over two nights and knocked out the three bigger men who stood in front of him to win. Facing down the bigger man is nothing new to Israel Adesanya. However, Blakovich is in incredible form and three terrifying knockouts since his last loss show us he's nothing to fuck with. He's a big man. If it plays out on the feet, we'll have to see how Jan reacts to Adesanya's feints, which he uses to tire out and confuse guys when they stand right in front of him. Counter-striking will be the name of the game for Israel, and we know that's where he's at his finest. And with Jan, I mean, we all think he just needs to land one. Hard. Really hard. <laughs> if it hits the ground, little known fact, Jan Blachowicz is a long-time jiu-jitsu black belt and holds a number of national championships in Poland. But Izzy has definitely been improving that side of his game. We saw it briefly in the Kelvin Gastelum fight, and he's been training at Atos Jiu-Jitsu with the legendary Andre Galvao, so that could count for something. But we all know or really fucking hope that it's gonna happen on the feet. Who have you got? Let me know in the comments below and enjoy the fights. Thanks so much for watching this video guys, please make sure to like and subscribe, we upload at least 3 videos a week for you to sink your teeth into. Let me know what you think in the comments below, make sure you follow us on Twitter at OnPointMMA and Max underscore Randall, and you have yourself a lovely day.